Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. Happy New Year, everyone. This is the first Dubai Works podcast of the year. Uh, there's been some nice New Year announcements. You'll see on Smashy Business Instagram that Rasa Kaima uh, broke two world records for their fireworks, and His Highness Sheikh Hamdan, as banned for single-use plastics, uh, came into effect on the 1st of Jan, which was uh, earlier this week. This is a pre-record. Uh, I am traveling to the US, where I'll be attending the Consumer Electronics Show, CES, in Las Vegas. Uh, so the episode on the 5th of January and the 12th of January will be done beforehand, but we will, like last year, we brought to you 52 consecutive weekly episodes. We strive to do the same again this year. We have a lot of exciting things planned on Smashy, particularly on the business vertical this year. More uh, to be announced soon, but they are big excitement uh, announcements and we'll keep you posted. Another thing I would point you point out is that the Emirates Drifting Championship, which, which takes place annually in Yas Marina Circuit, that's on on the 6th of Jan, and Smashy Sports are the live production, the media partners streaming that as well. We are currently running uh, an offer, a New Year offer as well that you can take available of, so if you go on to smashy.tv you can subscribe there and watch any of the 250 previous episodes of this show. But enjoy the conversation, it's all about AI, perfect topic to start the year with. Uh, and uh, really interesting company being built out of Dubai. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. Our guest today is Talal Thabet. He's the CEO of Haltia.ai. Uh, with its default avatars, they have Halford and Tiana. We'll ask about that. Haltia is the ultimate personal AI experience. It ensures that utmost privacy, securing, uh, managing all data on your on your device, uh, while optimizing to schedule, to allocate valuable time and top priorities. So we're talking AI. Good, good morning, Talal. Good morning, Richard. You might want to do that again, but in English. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you're here. <laughs> you can see how tro trouble understanding what it is. And I think, you know, it's such a great way to start the year because yeah. last year, you know, it was very much AI was, you know, one of the top words. I think if, if the dictionaries introduce new words, obviously it's been there a while, but it's the most right. searched term and everything like that. So how did you get into the AI space? Well, actually my friend and partner, um, the, uh, the individual who's building um, Haltia.ai, the CTO, uh, came to my house. He's an old friend and came to my house and, and sat there and, and explained to me everything that Haltia.ai was going to build, right, in terms of a, I guess what most people would call an AI assistant, but this is way more. And so he started talking to me about his vision at I don't know, about two o'clock in the afternoon. And by about midnight, he said, I want you as the CEO and as my partner. And um, I said, yes, that's, that's how I got into it. Yeah. So what's your background to that point? Okay. So my background is kind of varied. I, uh, uh, I, a large chunk of my career has been in marketing. I started my career as a broker in the city of London, 1990. Right. And then I went into uh, do a second degree in, in, in fine arts. Right. Uh, uh, in Michigan. 
And then uh, I went to went back to London and got into advertising and marketing and and selling advertising and publishing and events and PR and just worked all the way through the different disciplines of marketing. Came to Dubai in 2001 and worked for a, a, a at the time a very small publisher uh, here uh, in Dubai. Uh, and over a period of two and a half years, it just exploded this this uh, publishing firm, which will remain nameless. Um, Why is that? Well, I don't necessarily want to promote them. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Are they still around? Yes, and, okay. and they're still huge and they're still doing really, really well. Okay. Um, so like I said, it'll, they'll remain nameless, ITP. And so then I moved on to working for a... Uh, uh, a New York-based ad agency, right? And it was it was it was funny. I left ITP to go be with my mom, who was um, fighting cancer uh, in the UK. And on December 9th, two thousand and three, she passed. I came back about a week later uh, to Dubai, thinking to myself, "Okay, what am I going to do next?" And literally the next day, I get a phone call from a friend saying, I want to introduce you to a friend who is who owns a New York-based ad agency and wants to expand into the Middle East, and you would be perfect to hmm. I said, oh, I don't know. You know, I'm not really too sure about that. And But anyway, I went and had lunch with him, and two and a half hours later, I was appointed the regional director for this ad agency. Uh, expanded it in the Middle East, in Southeast Asia, in Europe, um, in North Africa. Uh, and during that time, went into foreign direct investment advisory. So I took my marketing and my uh, uh, stockbroking investment uh, knowledge, put it together, and uh, I created a small consultancy to advise governments on how to attract FDI, foreign direct investment. And with that, that's interesting because what you have to do is you have to create projects, create a personality for them, market them, and also create financial structures, right? And also help governments on developing a policy that will protect investors. That carried on all the way through to 2010. And then another friend of mine called me up and said, I want to start a investment a here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to start an investment company um, with you and I want you to be the CEO. And that was in 2010. Uh, we did that. And during that time, uh, for about 10 years, I incubated eight companies and exited five. Wow. Uh, amongst a whole bunch of other projects and acquisitions and things like that, right? Um, and then after that, it was global speaking stages and, and you know, the usual suspects. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, that's fascinating. Such a mixed background. You know, uh, one of the things you mentioned is sort of fine arts and advertising and publishing. It's often people who study creative uh, topics and, and courses, they do end up in a commercial world and advertising. Uh, do you think that's because of you know, the way the world works, like the way that capitalism works, that we end up in that side? Or, or were you always drawn to the business world yourself? No, I don't think so. I think, I, I think it's, the, it's, it's the first side of things. Every company 
needs the builder, the engineer, but also needs someone who intrinsically understands humanity, understands how to communicate with them, understands the, the trends and the changes on how we communicate with humanity, right? Um, and if you don't have that, then you've got a product that's standing still and it's not getting the exposure it needs. That's one. Two, coming from fine arts and having that creative side of things allows you to think about things differently, right? So you kind of turn the box on its head. Um, and it allows you to influence the product for the product to have certain affinities to humanity. How, how will humanity look at this product? How will humanity use this product? Why will humanity con consistently go back to the product again and again and again? And these are things that come from the creative side of the company, right? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Talal, you studied in the US, you were in the UK, and you've been in Dubai a long time, but what was the initial draw? Why Dubai in 2001? Okay, are you ready for this? It's got nothing to do with business. <laughs> I said it's a girl or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's funny. Um, I was I was doing really well in the UK, uh, top of my game, winning awards um, uh, and whatnot. But I was spending close to forty, maybe a little bit over forty percent in taxes, and that kept me up at night. Um, and I guess, I don't know, being a brown boy, you know, it made me feel like I was working five months of the year for free. Mm. So I, my mind started straying into, is this new age slavery? Is this, you know, just going into, just kept me up at night and, and wow. really, really uh, brought me down. I was working for um, uh, the largest newspaper in, in, in the UK at the time. Um, and uh, I inherited a network of representatives around the world. One of the representatives for this newspaper was here in Dubai. So I had to come at the beginning of my tenure with this paper to introduce myself and say, listen, you're not doing the numbers right and this and that and whatever. So I came to Dubai. I'd never been to Dubai before. Which newspaper was it? It was the Daily Mail. Okay. Okay. So um, was that the seven days element under the no. Daily Mail group? This was the, an actual Daily Mail was being published here at the time. Uh, well, it wasn't being published here. It was uh, there was a representative who sold Just, advertising. Sold I get it. Yeah. Into Daily Mail products. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily the newspaper. It could be so the Daily Mail had a lot of different products. It, yeah. uh, from trade titles to other consumer titles and things like that. Yeah. And so there, the representative, representative yeah. here sold advertising. And space. you were on the commercial side or the operation mm -hmm. side, yes. not the journalism. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Commercial side. So I, I came to visit and I remember it was February of 2000. And my first year at university during my first degree in the UK back in 87, I think it was, um, uh, I had, a, I made a friend that first freshman year, right, um, at Richmond in, in, um, in, uh, in the UK. And that friend I remembered was from the UAE. So, you know, I got in contact with him saying, hey, I'm coming to Dubai. Are you going to be around? Yeah, absolutely. No problem. You know, let's, let's hang out. He says, um, I think the second night I was here, let's go for dinner. 
And I was really busy. I'd been to the exhibition, the meetings, things like that. I, I got back to the hotel, got dressed up. He picked me up in this beautiful convertible. It's February. The weather is gorgeous. Um, and he took me to a Japanese restaurant on the water. All right. Right by, you know, I could hear the waves just splashing on the rocks. There's a DJ playing and we're eating outside. And I'm thinking the contrast of <laughs> yeah. where I'm going to go back to. Yeah, it was in freezing London. in London at the time. Yeah. And I, just, I turned around to my friend. You were so. Uh, and I said, Ronnie, is this how you guys roll? Or is this something that you guys don't do often, but you're just flexing, right? And he goes, no, no we do it. this all the time. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I need a piece of this. This is, this is, it's not fair. The amount of time I work and, 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 and what I achieve in, in the UK, and I can't have this quality of life. Amazing. You know, and I don't pay taxes here, right? Uh, in terms of income tax. So I just... I was blown away. I said, Ronnie, I need, I, I need a piece of this. He yeah. goes, well, you know, find a job out here. So my whole flight home was just thinking, how am I going to get myself to Dubai? That's amazing. You spotted something that took others a lot, a lot of time to spot. But so 22 years later, 23 years later now uh, or so, um, just wanted to touch on something else because we really want to get into Haldia. But the, the incubator exit type space, right? Mm -hmm. Like, was that a... What was that and what was your role and how how were you successful at that? Okay, so that, that was simple, right? What we built was a multifamily office, if, if you're going to put us in a box. Is it like a studio? Like, would you classify it as a studio as in they, they have lots of different no, no, no. No, startups? No, uh, no, uh, so I was the CEO and I built it as an administrative company. All right. Okay, so... Centralized HR, centralized legal, centralized accounting, centralized um, marketing, etc. Right? All these departments. And then these departments would lend themselves to the new ideas. Right? Um, and so each department could be working for three or four companies at the same time. Owned by us. So th this administrative company then, um, which was the first startup <laughs> in and of itself, uh, then attracted investors and said, okay, so what industry or what sector have you, have you been thinking about? But your investment advisor said, no, we're not going to help you with that. Right. And so we got, we got investors. And by the way, most of them were friends, um, uh, saying, I want to, I want to, I always wanted to do a restaurant. I always wanted to do a cafe. I always wanted to do an advertising agency. I always, so that's what we did, right? Um, and then some wanted to do a construction company. Uh, some wanted to do a, um, a, a construction project and sell it off and move on to the next project. So we did that. And um, every single incubation was, uh, we hired consultants specific from that sector to, you know, to help us. Uh, navigate the pitfalls uh, of that sector um, and every single company was sold uh, the ones that didn't sell all right so out of the eight we exited five uh, the other three are actually still operating right just on so they, on a they lower exited, level they exit like a successful exit not like mm -hmm. hey we're not doing well here like no 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 sold know. the company wow yeah 
great was fun. that was that the I, that was the idea obviously to from day one these, yeah you knew what you were doing yeah from day one everything was designed to be sold okay so uh we even um you know so from day one what we did was we created standard standard operating procedures for each company um hr policies all of that from day one mm. That's amazing. And uh, so nice return for, the, for those people. So that, that brings us now really up to Haltia and mm -hmm. that sort of 2 p.m. to 12 p.m. conversation with a friend where you got a new job. But tell us, you know, what differentiates, uh, distinguishes, you know, Haltia from other players in the AI industry? Okay. Um, let, me, let me first tell you what Haltia.ai is, mm. right? It's a personal AI. What does that mean? Everybody's building an AI assistant. That means if you download the AI assistant and I download the AI assistant, we're going to be treated the same. But imagine a personal AI that evolves with you, that, um, uh, that is able to be personal from the perspective of understanding you, learning from you, uh, and uh, unlocking time right? So it can send emails, it can write a message to your girlfriend and say, I'm going to be late because I got to write the speech uh, for my CEO. And then the AI says, well, no, I'll tell you what, Richard, you go have dinner with your girlfriend, right? Let me write the speech for you, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's unlocking time. And that's the difference. Hmm. Okay. So, okay, fine. Also the way it's built which I'll let Arto Bendikin tell you more about that because he's the engineer. He's your CTO guy. Yeah. Yeah. And was he the guy who called you? Yes. Yeah. So, that's, yeah. so it's it, this, this company is his idea. Mm. And it hasn't launched yet. No. The, so we, if we go on to Haltia.ai website, we see what it's promising, but we don't, mm -hmm. we can't use it today. No. And I don't want to push too much on the CTO part of it, the tech side, but I assume it's built on top of uh, an open AI or a lar large language model. You're not inventing a model yourselves. You're building on top of one. That's correct. Um, it's not open AI. We, what we've done is we've taken, and this is, this is the genius, right? Of, of Arto really, uh, and his team. Um, we've taken a small LLM, a large language model, right? Uh, and placed it on a device through quantization, which in English means compression. Okay. Right. Um, you know, to guys like you and I, I should say, yeah, <laughs> means yeah. compression. And uh, what happens there is it. We then fine tune it uh, and provide an on device. What does this actually mean, Richard? It means that this LLM being on device means you don't have to connect to the internet. You could be on airplane mode and still work. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we call it on-prem when we're doing publishing as well. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's 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 downloaded on the device. I get it. Mm -hmm. So it's it's offline. So basically, like, you know, there's um there's this uh, an AI uh, app at the moment that's connected to the internet. I keep forgetting the name of it, but OpenAI or ChatGPT isn't. They have some plugins, so that's kind of yeah. We're offline. not a plugin. You're not a plugin. All right. So. Um, uh, all these AI assistants or what the industry likes to call a wrapper, all right, uh, based on open AI's, uh, shall we say chat GPT's, mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, APIs, uh, these are dependent on chat GPT's development, mm -hmm. right. And fine tuning. They are s strictly, we're not, 
Yeah. So all the aspects, uh, if you had an AI assistant recently that's not working, it's probably because ChatGPT changed the rules on them, mm. right? This is a thing, isn't it? And there's a lot of those people saying that they're AI companies, but they're just rapper companies. They're Correct. just on top of them. Yeah, we're not We're not that. So explain, so Haltia.ai, there's avatars, there's Halford and Tiana. Does that, is that where the name comes from? Yes. And how, how, what are they and what does that mean? Okay, so Halford, the, the uh, male um, avatar, and Tiana, the female avatar. We needed to make sure that both... <clears throat> were represented. Um, I know I'm going to want a female talking to me. I, I'm, I'm not going to want a, uh, a male uh, character talking to me. Um, Halford is a little play on Hal from Space Odyssey. Both Arto and I are Arthur C. Clarke fans and uh, um, Stanley fans too. Uh, so we're, we're fans of, of their work. We're fans of their uh, uh, films and, and books. Um, so yes, uh, so that's Hal from Space Odyssey. And then Tiana, we needed something a little, we needed a name that didn't actually say a culture, right? So Tia could be Latin, uh, Latin American, it could be Eastern European, it could be um, Southeast Asian, right? Um, so we wanted a name that crosses should we say borders very easily and, and cultures. Yeah, that's really important. And clearly thinks you know how to get, get something that won't harm you in the future, or, you know, yeah. constrain you in the future. Um, so just some of the basic stuff. So when you're setting up an AI business in Dubai, what license do you get or where do you register? Is there categories for what you're doing? Yes, yes. In perfect Dubai fashion, right? Everything is provided for you. You can go to the DED, uh, the uh, economic department, and get an AI uh, license, and they will have different categories. So you could be an AI, uh, a company that services AI companies. You could be an, uh, a company that creates AI products. You could be a company that um, licenses AI products. So uh, you, you could be a company that develops AI products for other people, right? And they have licenses for all of that. Then there's the free zones, all right? So you've got the tech free zones, whether it's Internet City or um, uh, Silicon Oasis, um, uh, and whatnot. So, uh, and then you've got Sharjah, which you've got SRTIP there, the Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park, I think. And then uh, in Abu Dhabi, you've got several free zones that will also um, uh, support the licensing of an AI. So for us here in Dubai, um, we wanted to do DED. All right. And the reason for that is because we wanted our mother company that is uh, a U.S. based Delaware company to own the Dubai company because we wanted our operations to be in Dubai. Fair enough. Makes sense. And did you raise funding? We we did a friends and family round. All right. And that went really quick, really successfully. Um, but again, friends and family. Right. It's kind of like your mom going Go on, little boy. <laughs> right? <laughs> here's, you know, here's a fiver. So, but it, um, but it also does say to the the hotness of AI last year. Like yes. It, yeah. That was a selling factor, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we we raised that, and then of course, uh, um, Arto and I have been fueling, or should we say, bootstrapping, right? Um, the beginning. We've uh, we're right now as we speak just started talking to VCs for the pre-seed. 
pre-seed. Okay, cool. And what sort of, what are you talking to them about? We're talking about $10 million um, uh, with a potential of coming in in other rounds. And what's the appetite? In the, is it regional or international VCs you're speaking to? Both. And that oh, so we're, good in, this- in, in the US, it's immense. All right, you just have to follow AI Twitter, and mm. and you'll you'll be blown away, right? Yeah. Um, it's uh, the amount of money that's being spent into AI, and the UAE is not shy of that. They're number three in the world, right uh, after China and and the US to, in terms of investing in AI and in terms of contribution to AI against GDP. Yeah, right. They're number three. It's it's. It's amazing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal to be living in a place like this. Yeah, I think even Sam Altman was in Abu Dhabi talking about this stuff as well and saying yeah. that they were doing it for a long time before it got yeah, buzzy. Absolutely. Um, and you wrote an open letter to Mark Andreessen, who's one of the big kind of investors. What was that about? Okay, so that was Arto, my partner. He um, he read Mark's manifesto. So Mark wrote a, a techno optimist uh, manifesto telling the United States and his colleagues and, and, and um, shall we say, uh, uh, the, the individuals that lead technology and its regulations and their approach to technology, um, that, that the United States needs to be more optimistic and more supportive of technology because it clearly has been the the driving force for making life better again and again and again and again right and you don't have to go very far you just have to go to the the internet all right mid 90s when you know people were talking about so what's this email thing and uh, will someone actually sit on their desk and write a message is that is that <laughs> is that a thing you know um, and, 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 and this, this, this web, um, am I really going to search things, you know, anyway, <clears throat> uh, the thing about Mark's manifesto is that it talked about the, the, uh, people need to be braver, have more courage and stop moving so lethargically towards, um, what technology can do. Right. And yes, we need to see what it can do and then figure out what's the best way to use it. And Arto feels intensely the same. Right. He feels that uh, technology is the driving force for humanity's progress. Right. In, In every field, even socially. And so living in Dubai, Arto moved out here about three years ago, I think, or maybe a little bit more. And he's seen it. He's felt the Dubai energy. He's He's been bitten by the Dubai bug, right? And he sees how uninhabitable the, uh, should we say, the, the, the geography is. And without technology, it... The, everything that we see here in Dubai would have never been built or the life that, you know, the living standards that we have, et cetera, et cetera. So he decided to write an open letter to Mark saying, great manifesto, but you should take a look at Dubai. Mm-hmm. You should take a look at what Dubai has been able to do over the last 20, 30 years or more. Right. And turn desert into one of the top five visited cities in the world. So, and did he get a response? 
Well, it went viral, all right? He got a lot of responses. Obviously, anytime you say something nice about Dubai, um, uh, Twitter likes to start saying, well, if I had all that oil money, you know, the, <laughs> the usual thing, right? And it's ridiculous because they're talking out of their yeah. rears. Um, but uh, I don't think he's got a response from Mark in particular. Yeah. What's, what's his co-founder's name? Uh, Horowitz. Yeah, ben. ben. Ben's been at the FII in Riyadh a good bit last yes, two years. So he, that's true. So at least uh, uh, the, that company, Andrews and Horowitz, are represented and investing mm -hmm. here and have their eye on the market. But yeah, it's just you're so right, though, that sometimes it's not worth our while trying to change Western mindsets on the opportunity here. Right. <laughs> but right. do you think of Haltia as one that's, uh, you know, with the name you said, it's kind of global, but like, are you using Dubai as a base to build a global personalized AI? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, we operate here because of the techno optimism, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we have already moved over 50 families from around the world to Dubai. So Haltia as a company is already 30 plus people, wow. right? Um, bootstrapped, yes, but 30 plus people. And some of the best engineers um, uh, are, are helping us build uh, um, the product. And all your tech team are based in Dubai? All based in Dubai. Uh, there is, I'd say, 12 or 14 of them are in different parts of the world. So we've got uh, UK, Portugal, Ukraine, Turkey, you know, um, uh, but the rest are all here in Dubai. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating. So, you know, the, the personalized assistant thing, uh, the, the notion of it has been around for a while, right? Virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, sometimes it's, it's, uh, done manually. Sometimes there's someone in the cloud who's virtual, but they're a person yeah. and they're managing your calendar and things like that. Right. Um, but your idea is that AI would do it, not an individual. Right. And uh, why do you think it hasn't gone mainstream even in that previous approach? Why do you think that we all don't have... It wasn't useful enough. Okay. Simple. It wasn't useful enough. It was huge limitations and it wasn't private. So let me, let me explain something to you, Richard. You're on social media, I assume. You put pictures on social media. Maybe you and your friends having dinner. Maybe uh, you're celebrating uh, something. Okay, great. But that's your choice, right? You're, you're curating what you want the world to see about Richard. Okay. But with a personal AI, this is not for the world. This is for your goals, your achievements, what you want to succeed in in life. And so you want to unlock time. You want to be a little bit more efficient in what you do and in the way you, you live just so you can spend, I don't know, a couple more hours at the pub or, or, climbing your proverbial Mount Everest, right? Okay. So that means you need to get really, really personal with that personal AI, right? You're going to talk about things that you don't want to put on Facebook. You don't want to put on Instagram. So if that personal data and personal engagement between you and the AI is on a cloud, it's breachable. Mm. So you would hesitate. Mm. But if it was on device, and even Haltia.ai doesn't know your engagement. It's extremely private. You would feel a lot more comfortable being personal with the personal AI. Oh, so even the, not only is the data uh, on device, the cloud is your own servers. It's not a public cloud. 
we don't use clouds. Okay. We use your phone. Okay. So you've got the LLM on your device and all your engagement remains on your device. We don't have access to that. But it's on some cloud somewhere. Nope. Okay. God, I don't understand all this tech stuff. <laughs> but so I get it. So so the main selling point is the is the privacy, but also the automation, the right. the avatars and the technology that goes involved in that. Yes, absolutely. And being integrated too. And your ability to uh to do several uh different fun um, functionalities way beyond what an AI assistant can do. Hmm. Do you ever think of uh, hardware? Mm -hmm. Like it is so uh because there's some trends at the moment with AI, uh, human, human, this yes. device, this pin or something like, and there's, you know, I'm going to CES next week and I expect a lot of, uh, consumer electronics around AI because yeah. at the moment things are built on apps and Absolutely. phones, but do, was that come into your thinking at all? Uh, maybe in the future, but for now we're launching on iOS and Mac OS, uh, uh, products, right? Uh, so that's, all we need. We're, we're not a company that requires huge, massive investment because of data centers and, and cloud services and things like that. We're the genius about Haltia.ai is that we're using, well, not uh, we're, it's not us who's using, you're using your device to house the LLM and to house the interaction, right? All your personal stuff remains on your device. Now, if you, let's say you're at home, right? And you want to use it on your desktop. You can. And that LLM would be bigger, right? Because you've got more bandwidth on, 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 on the uh, uh, hardware there. So what we're saying is it's personal to you. And this is the amazing thing. All right. We are the most secure, adaptive personal AI in the world coming out of Dubai. Adaptive, meaning? It adapts to your engagement. Okay. Uh, so the, going back to the analogy of going for dinner with my girlfriend. Okay. Right. So what's different to me putting a prompt into, like taking five minutes doing a ChatGPT prompt to write that essay or article mm -hmm. versus how you remove that five minutes even? Like what, so how, what's the use cases? Like how, how much of these things are you going to be able to automate? I don't understand what you mean. Will you, will you have access to my calendar and will mm -hmm. I have a chat with, with Haltia.ai and, you know. Chat GPT doesn't have access to your data, yeah. right? It doesn't have access to your contacts. It doesn't have access okay. to your old conversations. It doesn't have access to your emails. It doesn't have access to your travel to, plans. To, to your, to, yeah. Whereas uh, your personal AI should. Okay. Fair. So, okay. But so, okay, cool. So th then if I'm going, if I'm going somewhere, are you proactive? Are you kind of suggesting things as well? Or is it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, you know, like I said, uh, send my girlfriend a message, right? Uh, I'm not, um, I can't show up. I'm sorry, sweetheart, or I'm going to be late. And, uh, he says, uh, and, and you say, because I got to do something for the CEO. I don't know, write a speech or something, right? And um, your personal AI should have the initiative to tell you, your girlfriend's more important than this, all right? So let's figure out a way of getting you there. Hmm. Yeah, but I got a speech. What's the speech about? I don't know. Um, uh, 
why CES is growing year on year. Okay, how many minutes is it? It's five minutes. Okay, so that's about 1,500 words, right? Um, give or take. I'll write it for you. I'll send it to you, all right? And while you're in the car driving to your girlfriend's um, dinner, I'll read out the speech to you, and you can tell me what changes you want. No way. Okay. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's a personal AI, <laughs> right? Yeah. Now tell me ChatGPT can do that. It can't. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Or okay. any other LLM for that matter. Yeah. Fascinating. So so this is the use case that, that you've gone with. This is the sort of category of AI. But what are the other things that excite you in the AI space and especially looking at this year ahead? Like, you know, up until now, it's a lot has been, you know, interesting for us. It's been around content, which we didn't expect. We didn't expect technology software to be so focused on content like with generative ai but a lot of the chat last year uh up until it has been around content but but this isn't content this is a right. this is a utility i guess yeah. well if if the internet gave access to information all right it gave accessibility to information to everyone right or at least that was the the idea um this revolution right is about giving intelligence to everyone giving that accessibility right um so accessing information in the 90s was a huge boom richard massive boom uh trillions of dollars created millions and uh, millions of jobs created Industries, new sectors, new segments created. Artificial intelligence is, you can multiply that by 10. Okay. Right? So if you were investing in the mid-90s on the internet, or worse, all right, you got into the mid-2005s, late-2000s, and went, damn, I missed it. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, this is it. And it's bigger and better, and it's moving way faster, much, much faster. So if you're going to miss it, well, you're going to miss it <laughs> a lot quicker. You're not going to have as much time to get into it, mm. right, uh, as you did with the Internet. Um, so what excites me? Health. What excites me is what I said earlier, uh, accessing uh, intelligence to everyone. Um, and that, that's, that to me really uh, is amazing because it's, about, it's not only, see, the internet is about recall, right? Uh, what did Richard say in 1999 on blah, 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 right? And it show, shows me an article where you mentioned something. Recall, that's what it is. AI is recall plus intelligence. And if you have that as a human being and you add creativity on top of that, sky's the limit, mm. right? So imagine having Haltia in your pocket. You've got recall and intelligence, but specific to you, specific to your conversations. Uh, you're going to CES. How many times have you been to CES? I haven't been. Oh, you haven't been. Right. I usually used to do South by Southwest, but now doing the CES one. Okay. Have you been to JITEX? Yeah. Okay. How many times have you been to JITEX? Uh, over five, six, seven, maybe. Okay. And you meet people there or do you just kind of wander around? Both. Okay. So 
Imagine Haltia. Yeah. Imagine Haltia um, looks at you and says, uh, Richard, remember last year you met a guy called Frank, right? Uh, he was the guy that worked at X company. And you go, yeah. He said, well, remember he mentioned he was getting divorced. It'd be good to say, hey, how's, how are things? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, uh, because based on your conversation, you'd have, uh, Halford or Tiana would have put those notes in your contacts. Okay. All right. Um, uh, okay. Forget about the divorce. Let's say you're looking for a particular company and someone as a contact in that particular company and you bump into Tom and Tom works for the mother company, but you don't know that the mother company owns this particular company you're you're really interested in meeting so halford tells you tom works for the uh, holding company that owns the company you and i want to talk to so ask tom if he has a contact there hmm. an opportunity created that you would have never thought of hmm. because you don't have the recall all right and you don't have the library in your head hmm. whereas halford does yeah Regulation is something I thought about when you were talking there about mm -hmm. privacy and stuff like that. There's going to be th regulatory things that are needed, right? Mm -hmm. AI. Yes, absolutely. I, there's that's what the world is failing at mm. at the moment in a huge way, massively. Um, what you have to remember is regulations slows things down and and slows progress down. Only for the big boys to be able to catch up, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't believe in regulation, nor does Arto. I do believe in doing things with the right values and, and morals ethics. and ethics. And Dubai is perfect for that. Dubai's already shown how progress and technology can provide an amazing living standard and still have the right morals values and safeties yeah it's great that you mentioned sort of dubai as well but what's your view on the region you know uh it's often called an emerging market do you think that it's well positioned say with you know this crossover with the ai opportunity do you think the wider gulf and even the wider arab region is well positioned yeah absolutely look saudi arabia is doing amazing work with ai um and i think they're going to do even more uh, especially with the line uh in, in neom and the giga projects that, yeah for that for those kind of giga projects to work you need ai yeah all right and it's only ai that's going to be able to organize you as a city right and make things move smoother and less uh, should we say less uh, complicated hmm. Um, but going to, to your point about regulation, the EU's just passed something, um, and it's basically going to put the EU back in, uh, uh, uh back a few, a few years, all right. And allow the world to just pass. I've never been a Brexit fan, but after those regulations, I started finding a reason why Brexit was a good idea. <laughs> Fair enough. I kind of tend to agree with you. Like, I think regulation is important. Like, you know, it would have helped a lot of issues with social media if there was a bit more regulation. A lot of, you know, it would have forced companies to be a little bit more like not move brass fast and break things and a little bit more sensitive on the harms that they have on society. I'm very pro social media, but, uh, and obviously like think tech is it not good, but 
the, when I see, when I hear stories like that, mm -hmm. I didn't hear it, but also there was a reference around GDPR in the UK or in Europe. Uh, this is the pri privacy regulations that's in about five or six years now. And all it's done is created fines. All it's done is like well, uh, put more money in their coffers. Like it right. hasn't improved anything. Look, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Bad people are always, whether you have regulations or not, bad people are going to do bad things with good technology. Mm -hmm. This will always happen. Always happen. Right? So regulate, we don't need regulation to slow progress, to slow development. What we need is policing. And that's different. Policing is different than regulation. Okay. Well, you know, here in, in, in Dubai, we have uh, a law that says I can't go on to Twitter and say Richard is blah, blah, blah. A bloody, uh, you know, incredible person. You can do that if you like. Yeah, I, I can say wonderful you. things yeah. about you, but <laughs> you I can't defame you. your, you know, um, your character on, on Twitter. Well done. I totally agree with that because we don't go anywhere with with that kind of negativity we, we we it doesn't help us move forward right agree. um and it keeps us a society of care and kindness onto others mm. and i love that and that's why i'm here i uh, i i've got two children safe and henna that were born here and i love the way they have flourished in this society rather than and, and myself too rather than constantly being worried about their independence you know, in, in other societies going, well, oh, what time are they coming home and where are they? And, uh, you know, are they hanging around with the wrong people? And, oh, my God, they're taking a cab on their own or they're on the metro on their own. No, I don't have those worries. But I tell you what, if I was in London or New York where I grew up, yeah, I would be worried. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Uh, coming to the end. So just, you know, it is the second day of the year, I think. It's hard to keep track of days at this time. <laughs> But um, only, only until midnight, Richard, and then it flips. <laughs> There's a flip. That's, yeah. that's a reminder. <laughs> thanks, personal assistant. <laughs> Richard, assistant. So um, thanks, Alti. Roadmap for this year, 2024. What's, what are we looking at for your company? Okay. So we are looking at um, talking to investors uh, in order to accelerate our, our build and accelerate to launch. We are, uh, so we'll be, t we'll be talking to investors in Silicon Valley. We'll be talking to investors in New York, in London, um, and also here in the region, right? Uh, we are all about building. I can't tell you the functionality that we're adding on, but what I can tell you is a lot of the func functionality that's coming on is specifically to show in, uh, in the, in the short term, like within the next 30 days is to show investors, uh, how it works. Mm. Right. Again, because we don't want to give away too much. We don't want to give away too much equity because we'll be raising money all the way through the year. Right. Uh, we're going to be working on our marketing campaign, um, global marketing campaign and watch the space. It's going to blow your mind. Um, uh, and we're the number one thing is to recruit, recruit, recruit and bring people here to Dubai because best of breed. If you're going to build the best, you need the best of breed, mm. right? And so to encourage the best of breed to come to Dubai, live in Dubai and work with us in building the most secure and only adaptive personal AI in the world. It's really positive. But just a comment on that, you know, people say the talent in the region, but 
there is talent here, obviously, but there's also Dubai does attract talent. It's yes. not that big a sell, right? You yeah. can get them here. Yeah, absolutely. Look, if you were going to talk to me 20 years ago, uh, yes, it was a hard sell until you brought them here, all right, and left them on a day on the beach in February. And then it's like, yes, of course, right? Mm. But today, no, the best of human capital is coming here. Coming here. You know, the best uh, thinkers, best minds uh, are, are here. Uh, yes, not all of them are here. And what we need to do is attract, uh, it's not just the best minds, but we need to attract different types of engineers, right? So within our company, we've got a, a core department, an infrastructure department, a product department, a data department, a research department. So a lot of these great minds need to be specific and vertical within these, um, shall we say, uh, skill sets. Fascinating. Really positive note to finish on. Thanks a lot for sharing. I'm really glad that we had an AI no, focus conversation at the start of what will be an exciting year. I'm wishing all, all the best. Thank I'll you. Thank you, AI Richard. It's been fun talking to you. And uh, we haven't even covered, uh, should we say, um, under the skin yet. All right. We've been very uh, up top. What I would like to ask you is you should get Arto Bendikin in here and really? let him talk to you about, you see, for me, it's really easy to talk about Dubai. 23 years, right? For him, the interesting aspect is that he's only been here for three years. What has he seen and how does he see it? And he's quite an interesting character. We will. Good tag team. Yeah, we bring him back. Um, fascinating company to follow. And I'm glad that you've chosen Dubai to build your company. Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you to Talal to explaining what Haltia.ai will be doing uh, for us all in the future. Fascinating company, fascinating times for AI for sure. We'll follow it and them closely uh, as it grows. Uh, yeah, thank you to our producers. Uh, so Massa has been helping out while Hashem's on leave. And then uh, for Ali Khalil, who put the show together, this was a smashy business uh, production as part of the Gustus Media Podcast Network. Uh, it's available on all audio platforms on our streaming services uh, and we'll be back next week with another episode.